You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part two of two, entitled English Ask the Amish. Okay, last one, well not the last one, but uh, number eight. How do the Amish handle child molestation of a family member if it is brought forth or is suspected? This is a hard one because um, it happened in my family, by my niece's husband. It was shoved under the rug and he was let go. Um, He couldn't even be around his own daughter, but it was okay. They didn't do anything about it. He was let go. Out in the real world, um, it would have been a different story. But so many of those things get shoved under the rug. And um, I think it's wrong because this child is still dealing with it. And I just don't think it's fair. That's why we have the law. And it should have been taken to the law. But because they're Amish, it gets shoved under the rug. It happened in my family. My sister happened to my sister, but it, they took it to the law when they found out about it. So it depends, it varies in between families. Sometimes, in my experience, uh, they try to keep this quiet, and that's a, uh, an offense as far as the law is concerned. And uh, I know of one case where eventually this became known, and the cops got on and took them in, and then they had to do something about it publicly. On another case, I was contacted by a man who was in jail down in Pennsylvania. He, had, he was a minister, and he had molested his child. And he heard about the Pennsylvania Dutch Bible, so I sent him one, and we started corresponding. Turned out that he had relatives up near Mount Hope, so he wondered if I would go and contact them, and I did. But they didn't want to have anything to do with him. I was hoping that maybe I, the, the fellow actually had made a real confession on, in his letters. There's no question about it. He had made things right with the Lord. But his family would not have anything to do with him. And I think, uh, I think there's a time when you need to forgive, just like the Lord forgave him. I think if most of them were like our family, seven boys and eight girls, and older boys, like we worked out in the field, if they tried to do something like that to us, we'd say, we're going to tell Daddy, we're going to tell Daddy. But we never did. We never, and I found out later the other sisters had the same experience, and we never told them, just seven. More people would tell. I don't know what parents would do if they do anything. I might have a word of advice. I've never had any experience, but I've read about it. But if you suspect it with someone you know, and it would be, say, the person, a girl, young girl, and she won't admit it, which I think uh, I might have had cousins that did it, but I only found it after left, and they denied it, of course, both parties. But I don't I have no idea. I believe they could have, but God only knows. But it's going to be really hard to get the truth out of that girl or boy that was molested if if they really did do it. But 
that might be a long-term thing that if, if it keeps, if it's still happening, just watch the person. You can uh, look for the signs of molestation, I guess. That's all I could say. And uh, just be their friend and their support someday if, and pray about it, especially pray about it, that God will open up their hearts to let out something. Then if they would let out something, then you would have some kind of a testimony to go from there and then you might be able to do something with, about it. That's all I can say. The laws in Pennsylvania have really changed, and um, in Lancaster County, there's quite a few cases been brought to the law the last couple years, and the law has been really hard on sex offenders in Pennsylvania. A first-time offender will get up to 10 years, I think, 10 years in prison, and then parole after that. Um, so that has nothing to do with the question, but I just thought maybe that would be an encouragement to, to uh, people that... Um, I would like to say a word concerning the victims of molestation. This is something that the Amish community lacks is a means of having good counseling for the victims. And it really hurts at my heart to see uh, the victims. I think the, uh, the, uh, th- uh, the thought is that somehow or other you need to just work through it. And, and it, it's extremely difficult, and I feel very, very sorry for the victims. I just wish we had a better means of counseling the victims. Um, I just know uh, that in Jaga County, where I come from, that the Amish there have their own Amish attorney. Never graduated from school as an attorney, but they appointed him. And um, when something goes wrong, like an accident, and there's an innocent person killed because of drinking and driving, um, this attorney goes up with the judge, and I guess he's pretty, um, I don't know, buddy-buddy with the judge because they seem to always get off. No matter if the person died in the accident, um, we're going to take him home. He's going to join church, and we'll take care of him, and the judge lets him go. Same way with the molestation. Um, there's been families that have gone in front of the judge in Jug County. Um, that same Amish guy shows up as an attorney, and same thing happens. Okay, question number one. In general, if given a choice, would ex or former Amish or Amish... Stefan, rather go to an established English church or one that is primarily ex-Amish. So, how am I going to get everybody involved? We're going to pass the mic down, and you're going to say what church you go to. Well, guess what? We attend Maple City Chapel. It's actually an Amish Mennonite church. Not the Amish Mennonite as you would think of, but it's got that background. I attend Bethel Baptist and Liberty Baptist. Clear Fork Alliance in Belleville, Ohio. Jesus Fellowship of Believers in Menominee, Wisconsin. Christ Covenant Church in Middlefield, Ohio. Uh, We go to Maple City. Uh, Lots of people that were Amish, like the young folks. But my heart is I love meeting with people that are just coming out of the Amish. I love meeting with uh, House Church. We go to a Messiah Fellowship Church. Uh, I would like to see this question number one answered because this is a question that has come up a number of times between my wife and myself. And uh, we, we, we are members of a very on-fire church, and praise God for that. But we dress quite conservatively, and we've already asked ourselves, which is the more effective? If we would be a little bit more lenient or, you know, as far as, being able to be a witness to former army. So I would like to see this question, number one, being answered. When I left, um, I didn't go to church right away because I didn't have anywhere to go because there was no ex-Amish around my area, 40 miles away, but I didn't have no vehicle. 
And I was just thinking about going to these ex-Mennonite or, or Mennonites, and I even asked them, and they didn't. They said, yeah, come, but I didn't feel no warmth for some reason. I don't think it was in God's will. So my friends, my English friends, <laughs> they uh, said, well, why don't you come to our church? And I said, what kind of church do you go to, Wesleyan? Oh, I didn't think I would want to go straight from Amish to Wesleyan church, but because my relatives that left the Amish before, they always went in steps. They went from barely just above Amish to a little farther and a little farther, and we called that drifting. So I, that's all I was used to. So I went from, I went from maybe you could say black to white, just boom, like that. But I, went, I was desperate to go to church. I'd gone to church twice a, every two weeks for all my life, and suddenly not going to church, it was like something was missing. It was like, I never knew what to say. As for the question, I would have wanted to go to a, a Mennonite church, ex-Amish organization, if I'd have had a choice, but I didn't have a choice. Excuse me. We go to an independent Baptist church. We go there by conviction. I went to many different churches, and many churches believe this or that, that I don't really believe that it's quite scriptural. So it's totally by, we go by where we feel the Lord led us to go. And uh, that's my answer. Independent Baptist. We meet uh, with the house church in our area, and primarily all different backgrounds. Um, my preference is to meet with those that are from our culture, uh, not necessarily in dress, but, you know, uh, we know how other Amish think, and it's just fun being around other Amish people, ex-Amish people, or Amish people. When I left the Amish church, things were quite a different from what they are now. That was right soon after the world, uh, Second World War. And uh, I, w- I was one of the, I and another fellow were the only ones in our area, well, all of the Sugar Creek area, that had left the church. And uh, I went in conjunction with a Mennonite minister who uh, promised to try to get the ban lifted for me after I joined the Mennonite church. So that's why I joined the Mennonite church. And uh, he did that. After six months, he wrote a letter back to my Amish bishop asking to remove the ban, and they did. And uh, so uh, this was the Mennonite church, the Farmerstown Mennonite church, but they moved down, and today it's the countryside uh, church in, in near Sugar Creek. It's no longer Mennonite. I've attended here for 28 years. It's where God brought us. We got involved, and we've uh, just always stayed here. And uh, as far as the question goes, I have a little bit different feelings on this question than than most of them, and it's just my opinion, but I'll share it. I pastored a church for two years that was made up of mostly former Amish, and it kind of went everywhere. It split up and went up in smoke, and a lot of people got hurt. Some never returned to church. I've seen that happen numerous times. Through that, I learned something. Let's go back to when Jesus came to earth as a Jew, and he died, and all of a sudden, it was no longer just, the focus was no longer on the Jew, the legalistic law background. It was on the world. So you found Gentiles who didn't have any law at all, and Jews who were under the law, coming to the cross, getting saved. What would have happened if the Jews would have separated and had their little clique and the Gentiles went and had their little clique? 
versus the Jew and the Gentile mixing together, one in Christ, and learning from each other, becoming stronger together. That's my opinion. And I have to agree with Joe. And when I left, well, hello. When I left, I didn't want to do what Jake said that he heard people do, and that's drift. Either I was going to go, or then I wasn't. I wasn't going to go part ways, whatever, because I didn't want no part of it. Then when, then when I did actually leave, this is the thought that I had before I left, that I didn't want to go part ways, and then, no, then I did not want to have anything to do with any other ex-Amish church, because, ex-Amish people, former Amish people. I didn't want to have anything to do with them because they're bad, very bad people. So I want to stay away from them as much as possible. What's funny, God turned that around, and I want to be around them, encouraging one another and being there for one another because of our past and because of our family, how, they, how we get rejection and such. It's been a blessing with all the people that I have been around. Oh, and I go to uh, Independent Baptist Church in Indiana. Um, as far as the question goes, I, I went, actually went to both of them. I, um, after I, when I, my first church that I went to was a very well-established uh, non-Amish church, and then um, I went to a uh, um, ex, primarily ex-Amish, former Amish church, and from my experience, I can definitely tell that going to a well-established non-Amish church is better for somebody that's... Um, just starting to learn about the Lord and trying to walk with the Lord than trying to uh, then go into a church that maybe just started with uh, um, ex-Amish because from what I found, the, thir- the church that I had went to, um, there was still a lot of, a lot of uh, legalism and rules in there, so it was pretty, very much just going from one church to the different church. It was, instead of being Amish, they were just dressed different, but they had, still had a lot of uh, rules and regulations in place, and it didn't work out for me. Okay, we're just going to have a couple more here. What questions would be asked of or statements to Amish that would make them feel comfortable to open and open to talking about religion? Is there anything simple? Probably not, but is there something that... that uh, where's Isaac at? He's good at that. Jeremiah? The actors, the map actors, they... they Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not, I shouldn't answer the question. Now, just my short would be uh, somewhere you could start. We'd be talking about the living hope that Paul talks about and just clarifying that. Um, you know, uh, explain to them that Paul didn't say just wishful thinking. You might, you could, you could hope, but it's a real thing. It's the biblical hope. From my experience of being raised in a family that loved to go fishing and hunting, just take them there. When they're out in the woods by themselves and you've got a good one person to talk to and he's got a chance to open up, let him go. Okay, another question came from the audience. Uh, do the Amish believe in curses and placing curses on someone? Simple yes or no? I don't know about cursing on someone, but I believe they, some of them believe in curses, that they got a curse on them. This is not a direct answer, but uh, there are many Amish who are superstitious. So, one the, more, one more response. I don't know much about the signs on the barn, but that's a superstitious thing on in Lancaster, PA. I think they'd put the patterns on their barn. It's for something. So yeah, superstition. I can answer that question. Okay, that is not Amish. Right, that is Pennsylvania Dutch, which is Berks County. They are actually Germans that came over. All right. 
There are, Ephraim, correct me, but there are very few actual Amish. Now, they're on the tourist things. You'll see it connected. But I don't know of any Amish barns that have the hex signs. We call them the hex signs. Two. All right. But if you go into the next county, in Berks County, they're all over the place. Those are Pennsylvania Germans that are not associated with the Amish. Okay? Now, read that question again. Chris, back here. Do the Amish believe in curses and placing curses on someone? I don't know uh, if cursing is the curses is the same as superstition, but most of them are very, very superstitious. Very superstitious. I mean, there's lists upon lists upon lists of stupid things that they believe that this happens and that will happen. Okay, simple, probably a yes or no. Uh, would an Amish person accept help from an English person they don't know? Total stranger? Yes? Yes. Well, all right, here you go. Um, if an Amish shuns, not, well, okay. If an Amish shuns or puts a wall up to an English, how do you rebuild the relationship or is there any hope to rebuild except through prayer? Um, let me translate, I think. If there's, if there's been a wall built between you and another person, um, how would you, how would you try to rebuild that, reopen that? In other words, if, if. If you were Amish and you were being witnessed to, um, or you were an English person witnessing to an Amishman, and he shut you down, how would you break through that wall, that barrier that's been put up? Again, we need the map actors back to act it out. Ephraim? If it's about the gospel, yeah, maybe generally prayer. If it's some other offense, they do respect older people's opinions. And so let's say you have a, an argument over uh, some kind of business deal. And the Amishman is offended at the English person. The English person could go to an older Amishman that's a, an uncle or something, discuss the situation, and if the Amishman would be wrong, they would, they would entreat the Amish person gently, not harshly, and they'd work those things out. So a business deal, you could do something about it. The gospel's sake, yeah, probably prayer. And if you're a Christian as an English person and the Amish are not believers, one thing you can do if you feel like that he thinks that you made a mistake towards him or hurt him in any way, ask for forgiveness. You're a Christian. What can it hurt? You might win him in that way. Mm -hmm. May I tell a story? Yes. Okay. Two minutes or less. I can't talk that fast. Anyway, this is about my my great-great-grandfather. And this was back in the times when the... All people, mostly, they spun their own clothes and they dyed their own clothes. So uh, he had a, a dress suit for, for Sunday, and it was supposed to be dyed in a dark color. And, of course, I know from experience, my mother used to do the same thing, and most times it wouldn't come out the way she wanted it to come out, the color. But anyway, so this color came out kind of a burgundy color, you know, and it was disappointing. You know, to think about this, about like being an Amish church dress suit. But uh, things were very, you know, rare, and it was hard to come by, and he just couldn't discard that suit. But uh, he, was, he was shunned by the church. You know, this, this color of this suit just wasn't proper. And it, it got to the place where he stopped attending church. And so uh, he was a farmer in, uh, back in those days, and he was having a frolic uh, building a corn crib. And so he had the neighbors there and build a corn crib, and they didn't, weren't able to finish the corn crib the first day. So the second day, guess who comes to volunteer more help? The bishop. Boy, he felt uncomfortable about that. The bishop being there, and he thought <clears throat> his first, excuse me, 
his first thought, now I'm going to catch it. But you know, they worked together, him and the bishop, all day long. The bishop didn't say a word to him, but it won his heart. And it wasn't too long after that till my great-great-grandfather was reinstated in the church. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.